Hello, welcome to Mallory's podcast. <laughs> I hit us. Welcome back to the You've Been Asking podcast. The podcast no one asked for. Beautiful. Thank you. We're trying to come up with like a new sound bite for our intro, like song, like the You've Been Asking podcast. We also need an outro. Like a 90s talk show. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. Anyway, welcome back. We're doing a, a sentimental episode. Um, our babies are turning. A year old. Sunday. On Sunday, the eleventh. Holy freaking crap! Uh, I just got emotional. We were looking at the newborn like videos, like day they were born, minutes after they were born videos, just now, and like wanted to cry <laughs> a little bit. But yeah. it's sad, but it's exciting. It's all the things. Mostly sad. <laughs> yeah, it's okay though. But they're just so cool. Like. As much as I am sad, they are just in such a fun phase of life. Like, they mm-hmm. are learning so much, and they're getting personalities and yeah. senses of humor. So, it's been fun. Today, we're going to talk about their birth story. Oh, man. And basically, what we've learned in their first year of life. Yeah. Let's start with the birth story. Okay. Taking it away. Um, so on September 11th, 2021, at 3 or 4 in the morning, I could not sleep because I was 37 weeks and a day pregnant with <laughs> twins. Yeah. Which, if you've ever been pregnant and <laughs> that far along, you know it's pretty much impossible to sleep. But imagine having two. If you have had two, you get it. And <laughs> so I was so uncomfortable. I think we went, so we went to Costco the night before, and then we didn't get to bed until like midnight. So I woke up at three or four. So I'd only had three to four hours of sleep. And I went out to the couch at like six because I was, I just tired of laying in bed, not sleeping. And I wanted to like scroll my phone, but I didn't want to disturb you. So I went out to the couch at six. I was just scrolling on my phone and I was like feeling kind of crampy, um, but it didn't really hurt. It was mostly... I had Braxton Hicks contractions pretty much my whole pregnancy. Like, from, mm-hmm. like, 18, 20 weeks to the day I gave birth, I had really bad and consistent Braxton Hicks contractions. Um, so I just thought it was that. But I had to go to the bathroom, so I got up, and I was walking to the bathroom, and I just started leaking fluid. <laughs> and I was like, was that water or was that pee? <laughs> So I literally sat on the toilet, and while I was peeing, I googled, was that water or pee? (laughs) And it said, like, if it smells sweet and it keeps coming out in gushes, it's probably your water. And so, no shame, I kind of, like, gave it a little sniff, and it smelled sweet, and did not smell like pee. And so I was like, I'm not really sure, and I was like, you know, I didn't want to be that dumb girl that goes to the hospital, and I'm like, ah, my water broke, and then... No, you just peed yourself and go home. But not that you're dumb if you do that. That just, just, <laughs> just I don't mean a dumb girl. You're not dumb if you do it. <laughs> but, you know, I think everyone has that fear. They don't want to, like, go when they're not really ready. Sure. So, anyway. And I was scheduled to be induced that... Following Friday. Fall, Friday, yeah. So, six days later. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, went to our room to change my 
pants and underwear and <laughs> fluid just kept coming out and so I was like okay I just peed so I know that is not pee so that's when I woke you up and I was like Jared and he was like hard he's hard to wake up as it is <laughs> and so I was like I think my water broke and I'm not kidding because I thought you would just think I was playing a joke on you she literally said this is not a joke I'm not joking I think my water just broke yeah and I was like, what? Immediately you, awake. What? Yeah. You think it's broke? It's, what, it's you broken? You literally just like sprung out of bed and you were oh, like, yeah. I gotta go get everything ready. Oh yeah. I was like, all right. Where? And you were like, it's all over the floor here. And I was like, see like gobs of it on the bathroom gobs, floor. It's liquid. Gobs how It I was would, like gobs pink. Of liquid. It was like tinted pink because yeah. of blood. And you were like, I just, I just Googled if it's pee or not. And I was like, honey, that's blood. <laughs> <laughs> like bloody water. That's fluid. Yeah, your pee would not be like that. But, but obviously when I was walking to the bathroom, I couldn't see it. Sure. It was just in my pants. Yeah. So, Game I on. showered, you got, like, the car loaded. Yeah, and this is all at, like, 7.30, called, 7, 8 o'clock. Yeah, 7 I, I think I woke you up. So, my water broke at 6.56. You <laughs> I woke you up at, like, 7.20. Yeah. And um, we called Lauren to come watch Dookie for us, and we left for the hospital night. <laughs> it took us a while to get ready. We didn't leave until, like, 9.20. Well, we also did, like, last-minute cleaning and stuff oh, like true. that. Yeah, we wanted to, like, get the house situated. And I wasn't really contracting. Like, I was feeling, like... No contractions, like, pretty much stuff but not i wouldn't say it was contractions at all Mm -hmm. so i wasn't like in a huge hurry so and that made me nervous i was worried they were gonna like send us home which was i guess kind of dumb yeah your water broke you're staying yeah so we went into triage they did the test and the lady before they even did the swab she's like i'm pretty sure your water broke like it's coming out as i'm like trying to (laughs) to do this and they checked me to see how far dilated i was and i was at one centimeter <laughs> one centimeter 70 percent evased but callum's head was that was me okay i thought i heard our baby sorry i was traumatized um one centimeter 70 percent evased but at a negative two station so his head was really low because callum was our baby a so he was the first one closest yeah. to the cervix and he was like in her pelvis. He had been there for Plus, weeks. Like, yeah, like four weeks. He was just like, I'm ready. The last time I had my water checked was at my 36-week appointment. But before even that, I I was at my... I think my first time I got it checked was at 32 weeks, and I was at a one. So I had been walking around at a one centimeter for over a month. Yeah, and now your water broke, and you're still a one. Yeah. So that was really discouraging, because I knew we had a long way to go. Yeah. So... It's going to be a long Saturday. Yeah. I kind of had hoped a little bit that they would make it to the next day because I didn't want them to have a 9-11 birthday. Yeah. But anyway. Even when they finally did come because it was, you know, the babies well, were... we'll get to there. Yeah, yeah, We'll yeah, get yeah. to there. Yeah. So then they get us admitted to the hospital at like 1130 and they start me on Pitocin like immediately to try and like get contractions going and ramp this baby up because mm, by then we found out that my OBGYN that I had been seeing my entire pregnancy was out of town and so <laughs> I had his like never goes out of town and he's the only doctor at his practice so I had some random doctor I'd never met before from a different practice but he was a nice guy yeah he turned out it turned out we to really be liked great. him a lot yeah. yeah and I've said like if we had another baby I would maybe Probably consider go going him. to see him yeah. or getting a midwife or something but yeah. Anyway, not the point. The point was he came in and he said he wanted... To, so with my original doctor, my plan was to deliver both vaginally. If baby A was head down, um, that was the plan. Um, and Callum was. His head was down. And so we did an ultrasound and we found um, at the hospital. 
and both of the heads were down, so we were good, good to go. Mm-hmm. But my doctor, we were planning on delivering in just like a regular delivery room because he said it was more comfortable. But this doctor didn't feel comfortable with that, and he didn't really know me, so I don't blame him. Yeah. So he we he has been watching you for the last yeah. thirty seven weeks. Yeah. You know, making like he doesn't know everything, so yeah. So he wanted he to deliver in the OR. He's more comfortable with the OR, but the plan was to deliver both vaginally. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, but he said that we had about 18 hours to deliver them before. Yeah, once the, bo- the baby's water broke, especially with yeah. two babies, they're like, we don't want to go longer than a total of 24 hours since it broke. And so at some point, he's like, if we do get there and you're just not, nothing's happening, then we're going to have to consider a C-section. Yeah. And the other thing was, he was a little bit worried when they did the ultrasound because it looked like Stevie didn't have any fluid in her sack. Mm-hmm. So they were a little bit concerned that she had her her water had broken and they didn't know how long it had been broken and so they were worried that there would be like a risk there yeah so um already we had like a deadline i needed to get to um ready to push in less than 18 hours um so we started on pitocin and it was a slow day (laughs) it was a long and when you get to the hospital mallory can't eat Mm -hmm. they had this girl on bone broth or whatever it was like Imagine ramen noodles, but without the noodles. It was just... <laughs> and I'm just broth. sitting there eating my chicken tenders or whatever I was quesadilla. eating. Quesadilla. Oh, yeah. Quesadilla was gross. I'm sure it was still better than a freaking broth, but... Yeah. They gave me, like, little ices and stuff. Like, that was okay. I, the f- food was, like, the least of my problems at the time. Obviously, yeah. And I was so tired. I had not had any sleep. And my back was killing me in that hospital bed. And I felt like I couldn't walk around. That's one of my biggest regrets with labor. Is that I didn't really move. I just like laid in the bed all day, which I we think bounced on the ball a couple times. Only for a little bit, though. I yeah, feel like I was. Long. I didn't want to move because I didn't have pants on under the. You're also yet. leaking constantly. Exactly. That was the point. It's like I felt so uncomfortable, and I wish I had brought like a diaper or something. That's what was weird to me. Whenever I saw like in the movies, a usually lot of times, their water's yeah, they're broken. like girl, well, girls are like in the hospital, like pacing, you know, kind of. Yeah, but most people make it to like time to push, and their water hasn't broken, like. It's pretty rare that you want to. Then how do you get admitted to the hospital? Because you're just like contractions, really being that last five minutes apart, lasting a minute, something like that, or four. I don't know. Anyway, that didn't happen for me, so I don't know. No, water broke and nothing Um, else was happening. So contractions started, and then they were ramping me up. They got me all the way maxed out on pitocin, and I was at two centimeters dilated, eighty (laughs) percent (laughs) of face. And this by this time, it's like, oh, I mean, it's a lot. I think it was about four o'clock. Oh, one, oh, yeah, four o'clock. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 6.30, two centimeters uh, dilated, 80% effaced. And that's when I was like, epidural, please. <laughs> yeah, she was a two. It was 6.30 in the evening now. So we've been there since we arrived at like 10.30 or whatever. Went through triage, got checked in. It was around 9.45, like a, we got there. Oh, yeah, so 10 and triage, got checked in at like 11.45, yeah. something like that. So, so we'd been there for all day long. She's had it too, and finally she's just she's in so much pain. Well, I was like, I'm in so much pain. I can't even get out of bed anyway. And like, obviously, this is gonna be a while, and I'm already tired. So I just need, I want to sleep. Yeah, was my thought process. So they gave me the epidural, and the guy that did it was a douche. <laughs> Bro, if the dude that comes in to give your epidural just drags his feet literally throws the stuff on the shit physically just like dragging his feet walking in ask for somebody else um, no send him out <laughs> um that guy can get the f- out of here 
he even made a comment too. It was like, where's she at? And the nurse was like, two. And he was like, two? That's it? Mm-hmm. This guy was just like, he's just so nonchalant. He was just like slowly, whatever, throwing shit. Like it was, we were just like, what do we do here? Yeah. Um, I was just like, I just need the epidural. Like, I don't really care. Like, if he, he can be the worst person in the world as long as I feel better. I don't care. Yeah. So we got the epidural and that was not what I was expecting. The, like, getting it part was fine. It wasn't that horrible for it you. It didn't seem like, no. yeah. Um, but, oh, it just went blurry. Why is it, like, doing that? Is it because my arm's up? It's just trying to focus. Um... So I got the epidural, and then she made me lay on one side. And we switched nurses. I loved my first nurse. My second nurse didn't love her as much. Yeah. Um, but she had me laying on one side, and so she, she'd leave me on the side, and she said, okay, I'll come back in an hour and flip you. And so I'm, like, laying on the side, and I'm so uncomfortable. And I'm someone who needs to, like, move back and forth in bed. Yeah. It's probably annoying, but I just can't stay on one side for long. And so I was really uncomfortable. My back was hurting. Oh, we were watching... The proposal. Well, first we watched the help, and then we were watching the proposal. And I want to remember those things. <laughs> and um, she finally came in, flipped me over, and then came back again. And by eight o'clock, she checked me, and I was at a three. No. Yeah. At eight o'clock. At eight o'clock. I was at a three, and so yeah. she flipped me back over again. Came back and at, she, like, 9. And she took a while to come back. Like, it felt like... Maybe she came at, like, 7.30 because it took it felt like it took longer than an hour for her to come back. And I was yeah. like, I'm so uncomfortable. I need her to come back. Like, I don't want to be on this side anymore. And when she came back, I was... I, I think I told her I wanted her to check me because I was feeling, like, a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure down there. You're like, I feel like and I'm she's pooping. like, well, I can check. But it, I was only at a 3 an hour ago. So she's like, oh, there's not really a point. But I was like, I'm feeling a lot of pressure. Like, I need to poop. And so she's like, okay, I'll check you. She checks, and I am at a full-blown 10, 100% of <laughs> ready to push. And she, you could tell she was not expecting it because she it almost seemed not, like she was panicking. She was like, okay. She was not prepared. Um, okay, I'll be right back. Like, there's a couple of women delivering already in front of you. Yep. Everyone was in labor at the same time. Yeah. Or delivering. And there was another time. woman in another OR delivering twins. Yep. But she was having hers via C-section, I think. She was having one vaginally. And then she had the second. Yeah, I remember they came in during mm-hmm. your delivery and grabbed a bunch of equipment to take to her room. Yeah. I, I want to know the outcome of that lady. So we waited for, it felt like forever, because obviously I'm fully there and I'm ready to go. And I, my epidural, by the way, was not great. I had like a pins and needles feeling in my legs the entire time. I don't know if that's just normal, but it was very painful for me. She felt pretty much all of it. And I could move my legs easily. And then you also got horrible. Oh, I got so tense up here. I think it's just from laying in the bed all day. Kinked up and she was in debilitating pain. I was pain. crying not because was, of this, because yeah, of this. I was literally like just sitting here just rubbing her shoulders, just trying to massage and them. And the only thing that would help was if you squeezed I'm literally sweating. Kid. Literally, I even at one, like when we're delivering, I'm like holding a leg and rubbing at the same time. Like she was in so much, just like locked up up here. Ah, ah. I was in so much pain. She was crying. Um, so, but anyway, it took her forever to come back. Yeah. And we didn't, I feel like we didn't get wheeled into the OR because our room was right across. I feel like we didn't get wheeled in until closer to 10. We, had, we didn't get wheeled in until closer to like 10, 15, 10, 20. Because then you started practicing. Yeah, our doctor didn't come in for a while, um, but he was great. Like he would, he didn't have to be there because we were just practice pushing. Yeah. Um, but he just he's like, oh no, I'm fine. I can be here, and we're just like talking, and 
She's trying to help me learn how to push, which you don't know how to do. So it's like, it takes you a minute to like get the hang of it. Yeah. And I'm in pain up here. So I'm like having a hard time like focusing and like, I'm turning like so red. Bro, it was scary. I'm going to need a cough. <coughs> need some of that. I'm turning so red. I have this vein in my forehead that like bulges when I like laugh. Yeah, Bro, hot, it was just sticking out. And it was like the most. <laughs> yeah. So we're practice pushing. She was like, push down here, not up here. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know but what you're I doing. Don't, I don't think I pooped. I don't think you pooped either. No, I don't think I pooped. I, um, normal if you do. So anyway, we're. I'm pushing and he kept getting like stuck on my um, pubis. Was it the top or the bottom? Callum? Yeah. He was, I mean, he was just getting stuck. Yeah. So then finally the doctor goes, and we were supposed to have like a whole team in the OR and it was literally just our nurse and the doctor. <laughs> For a while. And then another yeah, nurse came in. Yeah, they eventually came in, yeah. Then an anesthesiologist came in, like yeah. just in case, you know. Yeah. So um, we're pushing with Callum and at 11, 17? Callum came out. Callum came out at eleven seventeen. Eleven seventeen. No, 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 no. Eleven twenty three or something like that. No, I mean there were seventeen Steve, minutes in between. Oh, eleven twenty one. Eleven twenty one. Eleven thirty seven or thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. At eleven twenty one, or just before that, the doctor says, "Okay, um, he's getting stuck. I would recommend doing an episiotomy. I can do it if you want, but I don't have to. If you don't want me to, but you're gonna rip. Yeah, like, you're gonna tear." And so I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Get it out. Send it. <laughs> so at 11, so I'd been pushing for an hour. And at 11.21, out slid our little Callum. And they put him on my chest. And the first thing I noticed was his long lashes. He had pretty long lashes. Really? That was mm-hmm. the first thing you noticed? Very first thing. Because his eyes were kind of like, until I could see The first thing lashes. I noticed was his freaking cone head. I didn't even notice because they put a hat on him. They immediately so put a beanie on him before yeah. they put it on, put him on your chest. But he had this just absolute cone of the a head. The poor guy had been stuck in there for a while. Oh yeah. And so anyway, they put him on my chest, and the doctor is like working to try and like he thought that Stevie um, had her arm in the way. Her foot. No, he thought that she it was her arms, and so he's like, "Move your hand, little girl." No, Here. move your foot. He was trying to turn her, he thought, because he could feel her foot. Remember, her foot came out on top. Her foot was on top of her head like this. And it came. That's how she came out. That's why she somersaulted. And she wasn't down. He was trying to help her, like, get down. He was trying to help. Yeah, she was kind of, like, sideways. And she wasn't engaged in the canal. So he was trying to, like, help her. He was feeling her foot. She's like, move your foot, little girl. And her foot just, you know, continued to go down into the canal with her. (laughs) With her on top of her head. See, I thought, this. I thought he said move your hand. And so mm. he thought it was her hand, but it was actually her foot. Oh, maybe that's what it was. But yeah. And, Regardless, and her foot was on top of her head. And so when she did finally come out. So first uh, of all. We start pushing. Hold on. Her sack wasn't burst. Oh, yeah. Her sack. He needed to go ahead and, and do that manually right mm-hmm. there. So yeah. maybe it was just hiding behind the ultrasound. But only Callum's water broke, not hers. So he needed to break hers real quick. So then came out a bunch of stuff. And then finally... You know, started pushing. She came out and she literally somersaulted out. Like it literally was, cartwheeled. I described... So we only pushed with her for maybe five minutes. The doctor like, like caught her. Okay. <laughs> literally. And then like the rest of the water came too and just like splashed. It was like being at a water park. 
yeah. of blood. What was <laughs> terrible about that is, again, we said my epidural was pretty bad and I could feel a lot. Yeah. And so when she came out with her foot on her head, I described Callum as like sliding gracefully out and Stevie like flopped out onto the deck. (laughs) And I could feel her tear past the episiotomy Mm -hmm. as she fell out. (laughs) Yeah. And so that was painful. (laughs) But I was relieved. Oh, and that was the other thing. As soon as Callum came out, I was like, I can take a deep breath. Because I had found my friend who was this... Basically, as far as long as I was, she was a little bit further along. And her belly still had, like, squish to it. The one baby, though. And mine was solid. Rock it was rock solid. solid. There was no room in there. So, anyway, she comes out. They put her on my chest. I just... her First thing I noticed about her was her lips. lips. She had such full lips. She still does, but they were just so cute. And um, they took her away and went to go wear and clean her up and put her next to Callum and... And that was when hell started. That's when actual pain began. Um, the placental birth. Yeah, my placentas, for whatever reason, didn't want to detach. Well, the first one did. first one was pretty oh, yeah. easy. First one came out. Callum's came out. Lickety split your hurt. Lickety split your hurt. <laughs> Be free. And um, Stevie's, I guess, wanted to hold on. And so he was, like, scraping. He was literally, literally elbow deep. Inside of me. Sorry, this is graphic. We should have gave him a, given a warning at the beginning. <sighs> he is elbow deep inside, scraping the sides of my uterus, trying to get the placenta to detach. And Ugh, the Callum's came out in like a solid placenta. And Stevie's came out looking like hamburger meat, all like yeah, broken up. It was rough it was looking, dude. It was painful. I just remember like staring at the like surgical light above me. And I'm just like, I'm going to die. Birthing <laughs> a placenta was the hardest part, it seemed like. It was so From painful. My and I'm like literally just like. Mm-hmm. You were like. Oh. In so much pain. And so I'm literally bad. watching this dude. He's just like. He is in. Mm-hmm. And then he like stitched me up. And I could tell he was starting to feel bad for me. Because as he was stitching me up. I was flinching. So he could tell I could feel it. He knew you could feel it. And so he's prescribed me the hard stuff. <laughs> Instantly. He's like. Okay. We're going to give you some Percocet. With the drip. <laughs> and. Um, get you back to your room. And that was. That was it. They wheeled us back to the. Those kids, they play like the lullaby. Whenever well, you go yeah. back to your, where when you get transferred to like your little room from like your delivery room to, or the uh, labor labor room, room to the to the, the postpartum room. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they play like a little cute little, and they played two for Callum and Stevie. Yeah. And that was cute, but I was. That gets me emotional for some random reason. I have no idea why. It's like my little baby's like the little welcome. It's like a walkout song it's for like a wrestler. Song. Yeah, it's like the little welcome song of them like entering. But yeah, it's silly, cute. So yeah. that's how they were birthed. That was their birth story. Yeah, I did. The worst. You notice how I, like I did nothing. <laughs> I'm just trying to take pictures and video and well, massage. Your real work started after they were born because I was useless. Yeah, Mallory was in such a rough state that. I mean, I could not get out of bed. We didn't find out. So they had me get up like a few hours after to, to go, go to the bathroom. bathroom. It's like part of the like process of recovery. Yeah. And I tried to stand up and I immediately just threw up and I had nothing to throw up. It was just bile. And oh no, I had eaten at that point. So I just threw up everything I just ate <laughs> and it was rough. And so uh, every time I stood up, I had terrible headaches, Ter- terrible, terrible headaches. And I didn't know that that was like this weird thing because this is my first babies. I didn't. So anyway, I just was like, oh, it's just part of it. Like it'll go away. And so Jared just literally had to take over and do everything. 
Like you did all the all the diaper changes. I don't think I changed a single diaper in the hospital. I actually, the night we went home, I did change my first diaper in the morning because you were fast asleep. Or was it when I was going out to the car to get all that stuff? No, you were fast asleep, and I felt bad waking you up, and so I just tried to get up and do it myself, and it was just yeah. I basically like didn't sleep. I got like twenty minute bursts of sleep every couple of hours, and that was it because the you know one baby would wake up and then. It was pretty rough. It was really rough. Mallory literally, like, I held nothing against her. She just could not, like, even if she sat up. If you handed me a baby, I could do something. I could feed them. Yeah, that's what I would do. I'd hand her her a baby if I was overwhelmed so that way she could just literally feed one while I was feeding the other or changing the other or whatever. Um, But it was absolute chaos. And we were also, like, super... I was really on edge because Callum, like, his blood sugar was low Mm. from the very beginning. And he, he like would not eat, like he would not eat from that, from that little bottle, like period. We tried latching a couple times with both babies and there really wasn't much going on. Yeah. Yeah, There wasn't much success there. Mallory started to pump and we'd get like the colostrum and and you'd put a, he would take it better from the syringe. Remember? Yeah. I would give him to it from the syringe. Um, your colostrum, he would get colostrum from a syringe Mm -hmm. instead, but he just wouldn't eat. And so they would come in like literally every two hours or whatever prick his freaking heel or rub it with an alcohol swab so it would start bleeding again the oh, prick that they so already sad. have and he'd start crying again and like he's bleeding all the time constantly bleeding constantly crying barely would eat he would wake up from a nap and i would start to feed him and like he wouldn't really eat and he would start to fall a freaking sleep in my arm i was just oh i was getting super emotional because there were he was already they were already like he was five pounds three ounces and stevie was like five he was five six. He was five six. She was five eleven. Mm-hmm. So they were just like obviously little babies, but I mean normal with twins, especially. Actually, great for twins. Great for that. The with how long they were in, but he was just he was like he just was giving me like a run for my money with my, you know, feelings and nervousness. Well, also, we're running on little to no sleep, so no sleep. Just ten, her emotions were running high, not tensions. So we were fine yeah, with it. it was rough, but eventually finally caught up and. Yeah, good. and the doctors weren't concerned, so that's why I was like, he's going to be okay. Because like, yeah. the doctors were like, oh, no, like she's just a really good eater, but he's like doing fine. Bro, Stevie was a freak. She was loud, she too. She loved to eat. Bro, she was... <laughs> she loved to eat, she loved to sleep. She was so independent as a teeny tiny newborn. She like didn't need anything. She was like, as long as you feed me, I'm good. We, oh, we chill in. But, um, From the jump. She didn't stay chill, but in the beginning she was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's their birth story. Came home a couple days later. There's no NICU time. Yeah. Um, they had to do like this weird oxygen test thing inside of the car seat the to car make seat sure. Test, yeah. yeah, the car seat test. They, they only had to do it for Callum since he was under five five. But they but did they it just for Stevie. Stevie anyway, yeah, just, just might as well. Probably to charge us. Bastards. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Then we went home like literally. So we had, gave birth. Uh, Friday night, Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night, we went home Monday morning. Yeah. Yep. Pretty typical. Like a normal... I wanted to go home as soon as possible because those postpartum nurses do not give a crap about you. (laughs) Bro, they really don't. The very first one, postpartum nurse, was nice. But we only had her for, like, the night. Yeah, we had her for, like, four hours and then, you know, out of there. Rough. Rough stuff. But the first nurse that you liked during delivery that she didn't get to be there, she came to visit. She was super nice. I liked her. She was cool. Yeah. But that's it. That's the story. Now we've got babies that are turning one in eight days. I just like cannot wrap my mind around the fact that that was a year ago. Callum, today, today's September 3rd, 
Callum today took his first steps. independent steps. Stevie's been walking for almost three months now, but Callum took his first few steps. And we were swearing like just a week ago that like, okay, he's not going to be walking he's by his birthday. He's not going to walk for a while. And now he's trying and... Out of nowhere, dude. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. It's it's exciting. Like, it's Callum, everything that, like, rolling over, tummy time, crawling, crawling everything was like up. Stevie led by months. Yeah. Many, 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 many weeks. And then out of nowhere, Callum would just be like, I can oh, do yeah. this now. Like, Instant. Yeah, he learned really fast once he started trying. Instant. As soon as he started, as soon as he showed interest and wanted to start doing it, instantly learned it. And now it's happening with the freaking walking thing. I bet by his birthday in eight days, the kid's going to be, I mean, he'll still be falling and stumbling, but he's going to be walking. It's insane. It was sad because he still felt like a little baby because he wasn't walking like Stevie. Stevie feels like a toddler because she... Stevie does It's just so... She just is... I mean, as a parent, she feels like ahead of the game. Like, she's been walking for so long. She's, like, doing little gestures. Yep. Like, I don't know. That is so I don't cute. Know. I love when she does it. She's been hopping. She, hop, like, hop, does hop. little hand motions for different songs. Like, yeah. she just has felt like a toddler because she just, like, does all these more mature things. But yeah. Callum's felt like a little baby because he can't walk yet. And now and he he's, trying to, he's trying to can- cancel that out and be catch up with sis. It's just Kids sad. cool. But what have you learned in our first year of parenting? I've learned a lot, obviously. I, I think that, like, in the first few months, people always be like, what's it like being parents? You know, like, and you and I were always like, I don't really I feel mean, like a parent. I just keeping them alive at this point. Yeah, I just feel like a, like a babysitter, just making sure their needs are taken mm-hmm. care of. And now, now we're in, like, one-year-olds are fun. Like genuinely fun. They they're happy to see you. They 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 want after you. They want you to hold them. They you know they come to you. They they miss you. They see you. They smile and light up. You know they're they're interactive and learning things. Like I literally watch them learn things. Like today I taught Callum on the bed how to like rah, like jump and land on your tummy basically, and he like picked it up and it's just like it's so silly, but it's still it's just amazing. But um, I think. What I've learned is more like just selflessness. Like I, before I was a parent, if I, if there were things that like I needed to take care of for myself, I would be okay with putting it off. Like it wasn't a time sensitive thing, which is honestly probably something I should have worked on. Like, and, and even now, especially, but if it's like, oh, I should really go do this. Like this would benefit myself too. You know, take a shower right now. It's been a day. Like, I should take a shower. With my kids, like, whatever they need, they get. You know, like, I, in that moment. They got a dirty diaper. I'm not like, oh, they can sit in it for another 10 minutes because I don't, I don't feel like, no. Like, I know they're, they got a dirty diaper. It's happening. Like, I will, I will serve them instantly even though I wouldn't even, like, selfishly serve myself that before. Do you know, I don't know if that makes sense. I would barely only take care of my own needs. Now I have these kids and like their needs are met, period. Like no exceptions. I will, you know, be a, a bum at a party and a party pooper if I know my kids' needs aren't being ha- met. The happiest place on earth. The happiest place <laughs> on earth, Disneyland. I, I don't like it. My, my kids are my priority. And if I know that they're uncomfortable or suffering in any way or whatever, like if I feel it, if I perceive they're suffering in any way, I. You struggle. I struggle, bro. I will take care of them. And yeah, it's like the the one that comes to mind. What about you? 
I think it's like the biggest thing that I've learned in parenting, maybe not the biggest, but one of the biggest things that I've learned is just like prioritizing time. Like hmm. there are so many relationships in life that do not matter because I have kids now. You know what I mean? Like Give if me you're going to take away, like if it's something that's going to take me away from my kids, it's got to be pretty important. You know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, like you're saying, like you don't want to miss. Yeah, like the few times that I've been away from my kids, Stevie learned to crawl <laughs> and walk and walk. And now, Callum. anytime Lauren's babysitting, my kids like to hit milestones. <laughs> Anytime your sister's which here. is sounds like I'm gone a lot, and I am not gone a lot. Mallory is never gone. Period. So. She's like our OB, who's never on vacation, but happens to be on vacation when our freaking babies are coming. So prioritizing time because the most important time to you, period, is time with your, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I understand that. That's definitely something as well. That's like, we talked about, like, that's something that I've learned I need to find good balance on is, like, I have have ADHD and, you know, with that one track mind, so to speak, um, or how I can get focused on those things is like, my kids are number one and there's some things that most people wouldn't ever choose over their kids that I choose my kids over all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, I just want to not miss these moments. All I've wanted to be is a dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now that I'm a dad, it's like, that's all I want to do. And so, yeah, prioritizing time is obviously But I also important. think what I'm trying to say with like in association with that is re- like prioritizing relationships in my life. So if something's oh. not serving me, I don't have time for it, hmm. which is nice, but also a little bit lonely. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's <laughs> like we have no friends basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much we have online friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's it is tough. Like, and that's probably the hardest part of motherhood so far has been just been like the loneliness at times. I mean, yeah, and the thing is too is we have two babies, and so you've got a lot of needs be met and it is exhausting during the day having two people that need they rely on you for everything that's the thing you don't think about is like feed feed your baby how long does it take you to feed your baby now multiply that by two and put them down for a nap and pick them both up and change two diapers like it takes double the time if you're doing it by yourself and so and you just feel extra guilty because someone is crying waiting for their turn. Yeah, and so when you're you finally do get they go to sleep for their, you know, two hour nap that they're taking now, you're like you you need you to you need to recharge the batteries. And so spending any time with friends or whatever is yeah. hard to justify because your batteries aren't filled if you go and do those other activities because then you won't be able to be there for your kids when they do wake up from their nap. And especially when they were newer babies that didn't sleep consistently through the night or have like a consistent nap schedule it's impossible i remember those first few months like all i thought about every waking moment outside of taking care of my children was when am i going to get some sleep i need some sleep like sleep consumed my brain because i was lacking it so severely like i really i love sleep now as a parent like i even if i stay up late like, that's something I've said to my friends. It'll be, like, 11 o'clock at night, and I'll be like, bro, I can't wait to go to bed. <laughs> like, I just, I look forward to sleep. I value sleep so much more than I did before I had kids, which is really sad to me because it just, like, I see the value in it now yeah. with all the needs and all the things that I'm being pulled in different directions every single day. Um, that's something I've learned. I value sleep. <laughs> yeah. 
Protect your sleep. You need sleep bad. And protect your kid's sleep. <laughs> True. There's that's something I will I I I make um, I have no almost wiggle room on is activities that affect my kids' sleep. It's so hard. I can't compromise on it, man. Before we had kids, we were like, we're not gonna let like they aren't gonna control our lives. They have to fit our lives, yeah. like. And that has just, like, changed so severely since... It has. And, I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just, like, funny that we were just naive. Like, oh, no, it's going to be fine. Like, they'll nap on the go. No, they won't. They don't nap on the go. (laughs) (laughs) They'll sleep in the car right over. They will not sleep in the car right over. But when they were newborns and, like, up until probably, like, five, six months, months. yeah, they would sleep in the car. So it was kind of weird and a hard transition, but, I mean, worth it. Not anymore. They do not sleep in the car anymore. (laughs) <laughs> which is unfortunate. But, yeah, sleep is definitely important in our household. It's also sad because I feel like traveling just is not fun anymore. It's not. And I'm hopeful that it will get better when they're, like, just a little bit older and can be more, like, entertained by activities. Right now, they just want to explore. Like, they don't even care about toys very much. They just want to walk around, get into stuff. Experience yeah. the world. Pull some blinds off of the, the curtains. And... Yeah. So, I'm hoping it'll get easier, but right now it's not fun at all to no. travel. No, that's hard. Um, traveling is hard with kids. People who say that... It, there's always people on, like, YouTube and Instagram talking about how they're doing this traveling and you know how easy it is or whatever, or how to make it easier, and it's like, bro, it is stressful, period. Especially with two babies, with two strollers and two car seats. Two and pack and plays. Two, yeah, like it is to travel is, whether you're driving or flying, it is awful. And so it's really... And it's not even just the getting there. It's the sleep while you're there. They don't love sleeping in a back and play. They will. You need a rental tired. car set up too. Yeah. If you, know, you should have seen us at the airport just a couple weeks ago. We got giant car seats strapped to our backs. We're pushing little strollers with each baby. We got us. <laughs> A suitcase rolling by Jarrett's trying to push the car- stroller. And a backpack and, and pack a back- and play. And two or, diaper um, bags. Diaper yeah. bags, yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not fun. Um, we have a newfound confidence because we've really, like, our village is very small. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren is pretty much our go-to girl. <laughs> Lauren, literally, I would not have survived this first year without her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's made our relationship as sisters slash friends like even closer than ever before because hmm. i've like literally had to rely on her so heavily like outside of you she's my number one you know what i'm saying yeah well obviously my kids sorry lauren because <laughs> <laughs> she really did like just step up and help me in like the biggest way but outside of her like we really didn't have much support yeah like just how it was (laughs) my family my parents when i was 20 weeks pregnant moved 12 hours away so they weren't really able to be here Mm -hmm. and your parents and (laughs) yeah they moved to uh sholo for a while four and a half hours away now they're an hour and a half away so no one was really close enough to help us so we just had to like learn to do it on our own so, and that sounds like, oh, well, we're not saying, like, what was me. We're just saying, like, it's not really what I expected, but I have more confidence because now I know I can do it. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. People, this is something that everyone says to you when you have twins. That must be hard. 
Everyone says that, period. Uh, especially if you have Better kids. you than me. Yeah, wow, that must be hard. And I don't know what the heck to say to that. I always go, yeah, well, yeah. There's this a is quote, alive. Yeah, there's a quote that I, I've always um, liked. And I always it always comes to mind when people say that. But I don't say it because it sounds weird. But the quote is just, it takes what it takes. And it just, all, all, the, all it means is like, remove the emotion of, it's hard. It just takes what it takes. You, the baby needs a diaper change. Who cares if it's annoying or hard? It needs a freaking diaper change. So you're just going to do it. It takes what it takes. So like when you remove the emotion of, you know, how hard it is. Like Callum threw up in the middle of the night a couple nights ago. And we went in, double teamed. She grabbed the baby. I grabbed the mattress, swapped the sheets, rinsed the baby off, re-diaper, rethink, throw him in, throws up again like an hour and a half later. So like the point is like, you can get all emotional about it and be like, oh, it was so hard. And you can I go mean, to the work the next I'm day. Going, I'm so sorry, buddy. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, like, ultimately, like, it just takes what it takes. Who cares? Who cares how much, like, it took, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we got to stay up and do this. Oh, we have to do this. Oh, this, we have to make all this. We have to buy all this extra. It takes what it takes, bro. What are you going to do? Let the baby die? You let it sit in a diaper for 12 hours? Like, it takes what it takes. Get over it and move on with your life. And so when people say, oh, is it hard? I, for me, I mean, maybe it is for other people. But because I have that mindset, I don't think that it's like hard, hard. Like this isn't this past year. Raising the babies has not been the hardest part about this year, period. For me, other aspects have been really hard about this year. But raising the babies, it takes what it takes, bro. Like it's, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm adequately. <laughs> I, I'm i glad that's your experience. I would say I disagree. I would say if someone said that must be really hard. I'd say, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what I say now because people don't understand. I'm like, yeah, it's hard. But again, what like choose your hard, I guess, is a better. It's like, oh, it must be hard. Yeah, I mean, I could just be not on my game, though, and not have any idea what's wrong with my baby or whatever. You know, I don't know. Maybe I should be ashamed by how many times a day I not even a day. How often I think, I can't do this. I can't do this. No. But I do it. You shouldn't be ashamed. Because it takes what it takes. <laughs> it's like, whatever, dude. I gotta keep my baby alive. I gotta keep it fed. And I just, I think that's more of like something I need to work on with my mindset is that it's not helpful or benefiting me to say, or to think, I can't do this because obviously I can. I've been doing it for a year. <laughs> yeah. I think the other thing that I've learned, which is super important, is to like, have good outlets uh and people around you if possible that are positive and uplifting because especially like like postpartum depression is real and you like both partners feel it obviously especially you know Mallory feels it you know way worse but like having people around you that can help you distract or help you correct mindset or you know relieve if possible for you know the the baby's needs so you can do whatever like that stuff to me is super important so I think it's it's really important to have a circle and to communicate your needs to the the people that could help you because otherwise you're just going through the crap and you're not doing anything about it and it just gets worse and worse and worse you know yeah but if you're that's just, something that I struggled with so yeah. badly was learning to ask for help yeah um, and I still probably am not good at that honestly but yeah but it's something that I hope to like move forward with not even really to fix for myself but to like better serve others and instead of expecting like okay well if they need help they'll just ask me instead like trying to be proactive about thinking what can I offer them what can like what do I have the capacity to serve and just like 
you know, saying, hey, would it be okay if I came and did this for you? Or, you know, yeah. instead yeah. of, what can I do for you? Or let me know if you need anything. Like, no one's going to do No that. one's going to let you know. Yeah. Especially, you know, there's some people that will, but, you know, a lot of people Very don't feel rarely, comfortable. Say, yeah. Exactly. No matter how, like, we have two freaking babies, and I was back at work, and it's just like, you should be able to feel comfortable enough saying, hey, can you please come over? You know, if you, you know what I'm saying? But you don't. And... That's just kind of the society I feel like we live in where a lot more people feel like that, I guess. I don't know. But have a good people around you that can like uplift you and squash that negativity that you feel confident discussing because like in our situation where it's mostly just us, like we just we just feed that back and forth, you know, and I don't know what to say because I'm going through it too. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's weird, but definitely pay attention to those around you and make sure you have a good mental support system. Because you, I mean, the... I think it's kind of sad because I always would see in, like, media um, how you, like, lose your friendships after you have a kid. Mm. And I was like, eh, it's not really, like, relevant. I feel like it's, it's not just a thing. But at least for our situation, it has been. And, like, we don't really have as as many friends or any friends. <laughs> the friends that we do have aren't able to help us in a physical way. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's true. It's just, like... You may think now, before having babies, like, oh, I have all the support in the world. But then I would say if if, if that still is the case, that's awesome. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. But if it's not the case, just know, like, that's pretty normal. Yeah. I think one thing you, like, you mentioned, like, Lauren was super helpful for you. I think what you're also forgetting is just, like, just the FaceTiming you guys would do regularly and still do regularly today like she she lives kind of far away you know like it's like a 45 minute drive yeah and so like i think even that just having someone that you can vent to or talk to or gossip to or whatever just any kind of adult interaction any adult interaction is (laughs) is helpful yeah it doesn't always have to be like in person can you come make me dinner it has to be these grand things but just Mm -hmm. hey can we facetime for an hour like that stuff really goes a long way and it's helped you i think you know yeah it's cool that you've had that that's something that i've like complained about because i'm I don't have a lot of close friends, none of it really, you know, any, and it's hard uh, to communicate (laughs) with no one. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, you have your group of friends that you like play games with. Yeah, we don't get like deep, deep, deep or, you know, and none of them have kids. And so I can't like, you know, really connect on, on that stuff with whatever I'm dealing with or struggling with. But I would say that while you're tempted to just focus on your kids it's important to if you have any any control of it to like maintain friendships and relationships because i mean you're gonna need it you know like i compare it to like when do you remember like in high school you get into like those relationships it always happens you get in a relationship and then like your friend you just don't see your friends until that relationship ends do you know what i'm talking about do you have have you ever seen another seen that kind of an experience yeah you're just like oh cool you're just spending all your time with that girl and we never get to see you ever. Like you never, you're not in the group chat. Like we never, what's going on here? And then you break up and all of a sudden you're like back in it, you know, like that's kind of what can happen with you when you have kids. If you're not, you know, careful because while you're with your kids, you do need your, your kids can, they provide, they feel so much joy and happiness, but they can't help you with the complexities of, of your mind mm-hmm. and, and all the thoughts and feelings that you have. You know, they can only just give you good good thoughts and feelings. And also horrible, scary feelings, too. <laughs> That's part of anxiety. Anxiety. So, yeah. yeah. Those are some of the big ones that I, I feel like I've learned. 
Like yeah. surround yourself with good people and yeah. I think at the end of the day at m- most parents are just doing their best. And yeah. I've, I think I've had I'm a less lot of, judgy. I'd say I have a lot more empathy towards other parents. Yeah, I'm still judgy. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a little bit judgy, but <laughs> for the most part I'm like I could see why you would do that or like I kind of understand it's hard being a parent. Bro, it is. It is. But it's also the most rewarding thing ever. Yep. Went trade for the world. No kidding. Gosh. So now we have one-year-olds. We have an extravaganza next weekend. You're all invited. All two of you that listen to this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone that is listening had did receive an invitation. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we're excited. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but... Do you have an idea? Nope. Oh. But it'll be a surprise to all of us. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode of our birth story and what we've learned in the first year of being parents. Yeah. On to year two. Oof. I'm so sad. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go cry now. <laughs> have a good right. week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.